Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Let's pray. Father, we love you, holy God. I love you today. I love and I thank you for your blessings. We ask you right now in Jesus' holy name. Father, we want you to know from the very beginning that we can't do this on our own. We need your holy anointing, God. We need your strength. We need your direction and guidance. Touch us, I pray right now. Touch each and every one, Lord God. I pray right now that you bless our pastor, brother and sister Boyd, while they're away, God. Keep your hand on them, God. Direct and instruct them, Lord God. Touch us, God. Every bit of ministering, God, that takes place today, God. Keep us, God. Direct us and guide us. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do this day, God. Touch us, anoint us, God. Direct our hearts, our thoughts, and our actions, Lord God. And we will praise and magnify you this day. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Praise God. I don't know. I guess it was a couple months ago, maybe longer than that. I spoke to Brother Boy, and I told him, I said, I would just like to do something different um, this day. Because uh, this day marks um, 33 years that I've been coming here and and my family has been coming here. My mother and my father has been coming here. My wife has been coming here. They started coming here before I did. Um, I was a hard head. I waited a little later than that. But um, really it was around the 13th of July that um, I came and prayed. And I still remember it very, very clear. And um, But I told him what I would like to do is just... It would be different than what I would normally do. But if, as I say, if you don't like this kind of stuff, it won't last long and it'll be over. But uh, <laughs> but this is just what I wanted to do. Um, and like I say, I only do it every 33 years or so. So it's like I hadn't done it before. But I, ever since I come across this verse and have read it and studied it, I truly truly do love its meaning and that's the only verse I'm going to read today and if you would just follow along with me it's in the book of Deuteronomy this is um in the fourth chapter in the 32nd verse this is Moses when he's looking back to Israel and he's telling them in verse 32 he said if you could go back he said just think in your mind he said just if you could go back all the way to the days that God first created man. If you could find any, be- if you could find anybody better that that God has been better to you than He has anybody else, find them. Other words, He said, circle the earth. Other words, just go from one side of heaven to the other, and you won't find no one, no one that God has been any be- any better to you than He has to you. And this is what he's telling them in verse 32. He said, For ask now the days that are past, which were before thee. 
since the day that God created man upon the earth and asked from one side of heaven to the other, whether there has been any such thing as great thing this is, great thing is, or has thou heard like it? Or did ever thou hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live? And Moses told Israel, he says, you have heard God speak literally out of the midst of the fire. And not only that, you was able to live after you heard it. He said, so you are truly blessed, and that's truly the way I feel. It's just, of all the years, I, have just, I just never dreamed that, that my life would change the way it is. It is just of being here, of being exposed to what I've been exposed to, and it's just, it just basically me growing up. I was raised in the church of God. My parents started going when I was around nine years old, the way I remember it. And in our family, if you wanted to go to church, you went to the church of God. That's the way we did it. And, and I remember going to church, and, and we, we went, and my parents was faithful. It was just the way things was, and we went to church, and I just, uh, I was fortunate enough, all the Days that I went, I had the same pastor. I can appreciate that. And I really, I really love Brother Thomason. And even as a child, I just, I just gained the things that as a, you wouldn't think about a child sitting on a pew, just the appreciation. But I, I can tell you I did. I really appreciate just him. And then I just remember him standing up there watching him preach and just the, the passion that he had. When he did preach, and just I just remember one day, um, it just seemed like um, at them days, it was just like if you weren't there 30 minutes before church started, you was late. So as, as a child, I just we just had a lot of time on our hands, seemed like. And one day I'd walk side the road, and the church was side of uh, 129, so it was a main road, so I'd walk down side the road. And just, I don't know. You just, as kids, you just do things while you do it. I don't know. So this is one of them things. I don't know why I did this. But um, other than that, I was a pretty well an angel. But um, so I'm standing side the road, and I see this car coming, and, and there was a, a can laying there, and I got to looking at the can, and it was a beer can. And I said, <laughs> I said, and, you know, I thought, man, I'm, I'm, you know, here's this little old boy. I'm thinking, well, this car's coming, so I'm going to just be tough and act like I'm drinking a beer when the car passes. <laughs> so I pick up this can, act like I'm drinking a beer, and then I'm looking out the corner of my eye, and then when it gets right close to him, I look at it, and who is it? It's Brother Thomason and his wife. <laughs> so I know what this morning's lesson's going to be about, the lake of fire, you know. So, man, I just, boy, that was a long walk back to the church, I promise you. But, um, you know, truly, um, he never mentioned that. He never mentioned that to me. And his wife, we used, as kids, you know, I've told you before, and you might think I'm joking, but I'm being very serious. As kids, we would, we would, all joke among ourselves, don't look at her. She's got this stare that once she locks in onto you, it's over. I mean, you just, you can't get away from her. I mean, she'll stare you down. And, uh, and we would just, we would tell each other, don't look at her, don't look at her. And, and we were serious. We was dead serious. And, and then later, you know, you just find after you grow up, 
that um, he had 10 children, if I'm not mistaken, and, but her, the, the woman he married, was, uh, she never had no children. And then I find out that she just, she never had no children, and she had such a passion for the children that God had put. in her reach so we just think you know like I say we're just kids we just you just view it from one angle then when you grow up you just see how wrong you was but you know I just realized how wrong I was but like I say, I just appreciate them. I was able to be a pallbearer at his funeral, um, the pastor, Brother Thomason, and that meant a whole lot to me. Really did. And we started um we started coming here and one thing that um it happened is Joy, her mother died when she was only eleven and and uh her mother actually wrote a note the night before that she was to have this procedure done and she was just she had heard about it but she just never thought that you know the note was disposed of and she was just actually able to just recently get that note and um to get the actual note that her mother did write and you can see in the note I mean, it's private, but you can see in the note of the the concern that she had for her children, you know, the, the raising of her children and what would happen to them, you know, if she passed away. and But they had passed away, or she had passed away. She did pass away from the procedure. So uh, there was Joy and her brother. And so all that Joy was ever told is that someone had prayed for her at the um, passing of her mother that she was prayed for. And that's all that basically she knew is that her, you know, when her mother passed away, her father, and I will say this as, as respectful as I can, um, she knew her mother's side went to church, but basically um, her father was out of the picture, and then when her mother passed away, her dad was gone. Her dad come got her, and basically her mother's side was cut off so and her dad just just did not go to church didn't have nothing to do with church so she really didn't know like I said all she knowed is someone had prayed for and that was it you know really didn't know so what had happened is um then my parents the the pastor the original pastor that we had had left and uh, our very own Daniel Newburn, when it was uh, actually still a Chevrolet dealership in High Springs before Chevrolet took it, um, my father worked there. And Daniel, this was 33, 34, I guess, because they started uh, even before I did. Um, Daniel w would come by the shop. And so he invited my father and said, just said, y'all come go to church with us. So we, you know, we didn't know nothing about apostolic. You know, we we just knew a little bit. We'd heard, you know, about them Jesus-only bunch. So, um, 
or ever how you want to phrase it. And so um, they did. They started coming. And then they, um, Sister Rayleigh started coming, and then I started coming. Me, I was, that church is too far. It's too far to go over there. It's too long, too far to go, too far to drive. But um, so they started coming, and then, um, you know, the day that I came, um, they had been coming a while. They, you know, the Lord had touched them, and my aunt, which is with them, was literally like a second mother to me. Um, she was coming, and and I really don't know how to explain it other than um, just the Lord himself. Like I say, I don't, you know, nobody come to us, and I'm glad they didn't, you know, saying, you know, you grew up this way, you know, we're this way. You know, I'm glad nobody didn't do me that way. You know, um, but I know what I felt. I know what I felt in the Lord. And... That lady sitting right there was on the piano playing. And I am just felt such a tug and felt such a strong tug. I knew what the Lord felt like. And so I come and I prayed. And so I felt the Lord, and that's the way it started. You know, I come and I prayed, and... I'd already had experience, experiences with the Lord and knew what the Lord was like, so I knew what I was feeling. And But there's one thing that I want to say, and I'd, I'd really, really, really debated. I mean, like I say, I've been coming here for 33 years, and... And it's, it's like I told um, Justin when he said what he said behind the pulpit. I said, that's one thing that I don't struggle with, but I'm very cautious. I mean, because, I mean, you just, you have to watch how much of yourself that you let out behind this pulpit. So I have never, ever, until yesterday, not that it's some big secret. It's just something that happened to me. And it happened to me when I was 21. And so I told my wife, and then she told me something about it this morning. But we dated two years before we was married. and But it happened, her father on the motel up in High Springs. And we was, me, her, and her brother was pulling in. And it was during that time, that afternoon, it was dark, and we'd pulled in. And I'm telling you, I have never, ever felt the enemy. So strong as I did then. I've been around possessed people before. I know what Satan feels like. But I'm telling you, I've never, 
It was literally suffocating to me. But that man and that woman right there, they had took me to church. I knew what to do. I, I didn't go to church at the time, but I knew. I knew what name to call on. And I, didn't, I wasn't going to church then, but I knew. I knew that name that he couldn't cross. And I'm telling you, it was so overwhelming to me that it just, it literally just suffocated me. I, mean, I just, I've never, ever, ever mentioned that. And I told Joy about it yesterday. But what I didn't know is that it, it had happened to her. But see, she didn't have no church experience. And she was by herself when it happened. But here's the one thing that saved her. The one thing that we didn't know is this we found out as we went along. Here we're going to church. We leave for just... I mean, we don't leave the church of God mad. I mean, the pastor just relocated. I mean, he got elderly and just had to quit pastoring, and just one thing led to another. And like I say, Brother Daniel invites us here, and we start coming here. Like I say, we didn't know nothing about apostolic. So we started coming here. And then Joy finds out after we start coming here, <clears throat> years later, we find out the man that laid his hands on her was an apostolic minister. And at age 11, he called that name on her. So the enemy can try, but he can't cross it. So she finds out that her own family has an apostolic heritage and she never knew nothing. She never even knew nothing about it. Here we are. I'm screaming the whole time and it's too far to drive over there. It's too far to drive over there and realizing that God's just keep shoving and keep prodding, keep shoving me this way where I need to be. And then he takes my wife and brings her over here. And then she finds out. And her mother writes this letter. Just She's so concerned about her children, wondering what's going to happen to them. Well, what happened to them? is that the angels that was prayed on them never left them. It's been with them ever since. Never left them. And then we find out years down the road when she contacts her side, her mother's side of the family, that they have this apostolic heritage, that her first cousin is the one that pastors this apostolic church that prayed for her and her brother 
that took in the name of Jesus and laid hands on her and asked God to protect them and to go with them because he knew that they was fixing to be separated. Their father was fixing to take them and they was fixing to go in areas. So up there, I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, I've never felt it since then or before then like I felt it then. But I don't know why the enemy tried us so strong. But I'm telling you, he can't cross that name. He cannot cross that name. So years and years and years down the road, when he tried to cross that name, he couldn't. He couldn't cross that name. He couldn't cross that name. Now, as we're coming, we're going here. I just, some of the things, like I say, I'm just, the things that has happened to us, I remember that we used to sit over there and about where my parents sat, and there was this lady that sat behind us at the time, and she was so boisterous and just just so passionate, and she come to me after church, and she said, um, do I bother you? I said, No. In fact, I, you know, I'd, I'd been around church before. I mean, she didn't bother me. But, you know, she done around. I get excited, you know. And her name was Sister Gladys Goodson. And then she told me, she said, you know, I just, I just get excited, you know. Except she put a lot more enthusiasm in it than I just did. But uh, so I learned, uh, I learned pretty quick that, um, you didn't get behind this pulpit and start a verse that you couldn't quote. Because most likely, she had finished it for you. And that she was just, uh, she just had a real passion. She just had a real passion for the word. And I just, I just loved talking to her about it because she was so passionate. And one that um, stuck out to me was Sister O'Neill. And she... Um, me and her had the same birthday, and she used to joke with me. She was going to switch with me. <laughs> she, she was going to switch with me, but um, she was very, uh, very kind, very kind. And but uh, that was just uh, they was very kind to me, very kind. I just I knew that um. It took one of the things we hadn't been going here that long to church, and we had went to Tennessee, and it was late that evening, and um, they was going to go to church, and um, their son was going to stay home, and I just said, "Well, I'll just stay here with him," and so. I don't know, fourth time church started, for church started, um, I said, well, I'll go. So, and it was a camp meeting, so where the camp meeting was at was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So, it wasn't very far from where we were staying at, so we went, and it was 
I mean, when I say you was touching elbows, I mean it. I mean it was that packed. And but anyway, there was worshiping going on, and in the process of this, there was a lady that had come up, and it didn't take very much observation to realize this 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 lady had issues. So what had happened is to just make a long story short, this lady was possessed. And so the pastor of that local church, what he done, I think he used wisdom. He appointed a pastor and four more pastors. He said, y'all just take her and just go to the Sunday school rooms and deal with her because we're not going to let the enemy interrupt what's going on. So... And basically, this was done, I mean, the whole church was there, so like you couldn't do it in secret, but as far as, so they took her and got deliverance for the lady, and in the end, they came back. But, um, so went on in the church, um, the minister preached and got through, and so the one after church, I see the man that he put in charge of the lady, I kept seeing him, and he kept getting closer and closer to me. So I'm thinking, well, what's he coming closer to me for? <laughs> well, I know what he did to start with. <laughs> and then he comes closer to me, and he looks at me and says, I need to have a word with you. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> this is either going to go good or it's going to turn ugly quick. So, But he says, um... You know, I'm in a church I've never been, and to this day I've never been back. So, And I don't know him from Adam, literally. So he just says, um, the Lord told me to tell you some things. And he just, I mean, they was private, but he, I promise you he, like I say, we didn't know nothing about this way of doctrine or nothing, but he just laid it out for me. He just, it's only God would do and as only God would know. Because here I am in the middle of something that I don't understand. And just basically here I am. You know, like what do I do next? And I just go and the guy just says, points me out of the middle and just says, come here, I need to talk to you. And just spells it out for me. And just says, God wanted you to know that. So I said, Okay. I really appreciate it. And then he left. So I said, well, I told Joy what he had said. And I said, the Lord knows just how to do it for us. I mean, he He won't leave us and he won't forsake us. And so God knows where we're at and what we go through. And he, so, but truly, when I was asked to do to, to do this. The only way I can do this, I promise you, the only way I can do this is that my, the, the only way is that my love for the word has to be greater than my shyness. That's the only way I can do it. I promise you. I have got to love this and I do love this more because, and I kid you not, because we, we, go back to Gideon and use Gideon as an example when the Lord asked him to do something you know he's almost like turning around and said you can't be talking to me 
you know, and literally that's what I felt like when I was asked. But when I was asked to do it, you know, it was, I'm, I'm not kidding. It was just like, you can't be talking to me, you know, Mr. Social, you know, here, you know. So um, I, will tell, um, I will tell this one thing on me, and that's it. But um, it was, I don't know, it's been a while back now, but um, I forgot it, it, it. I think it was a Wednesday night, but, um, and Justin is the one that told me he said it. So Justin, um, Brother Boyd had told Justin, he said, uh, Brother Rayleigh's not going to be here, so you, um, you just fill in for Brother Rayleigh. And and Justin can put it out there. I mean, so don't don't let him fool you. So uh, he just was like, well, what do you want me to do, brother boy? I don't know. Just just do it. And then so he's like, really? What do you want me to do? And, and brother boy told him, I don't know. Just do it. Brother Rayleigh does. And Justin said, but I wanted to stay after church and socialize. <laughs> I said, if we wasn't in the church, I'd take a swing at you. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's the only one I'm going to (laughs) tell. But he was good. So, as I've said, no matter who you are, what you are, what you're like, God can use you. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, I mean, God is good. He's good to all of us. He knows our personalities, what we're like, what we've been like, and it's just it's just that God can take us and use us, adapt us. I mean, he can use us. It just really don't matter what we're like. You think, you know, who am I, you know, that I could be used? You can, I promise you. No matter what you're like or what you've been like, I mean, God can use you literally for the ministry. He could do it. And a few things that I want to mention, and I'm not going to, all I'm going to do is just make, I didn't give them no scripture for this. All I'm going to do is just, is just make reference to it. It's just the, literally, to my memory, of course, I'm very bad at writing things down, but the very first time I stood behind this desk, as I spoke of Saul, and the setting is just taken in 1 Samuel 15, and all I spoke of, basically, the theme was this. Either you deal with sin, or sin is going to deal with you. Where God told him, he just said, literally, Saul, I want you to go destroy the Amalekites. And then when he did not do that, and just left one, we know in the end, basically, it's where, where we see where the Amalekite that comes back and the damage that was done. So he takes and does this, and, and Samuel, we see, tells him what the Lord had told him to do, and he didn't do this. And another one that I loved, that, that the Lord really, really helped me with, If somebody hadn't took it out of my Bible, 
is where um, Elisha is. The setting is in Second Kings four, and it's just. And I just went from the basis on this. It's just when God authors something with within us. If God authors something in you, gives you a promise. And the world tells you your promise is dead. Basically, don't bury your promise. Just as a Shunammite, when Elisha told her that you're going to have a son, the son goes out and dies. But what she didn't do was bury her promise. And then what I said is God is the one that authors these things in us. Your friends may even tell you your promise is dead. But don't bury your promise because God is the one that gives life and it's not dead until God says it's dead. So God is the one that put these things in us. So that's why I said don't bury your promise even if you think it's dead because God is the one that's going to do that. So he takes and he gives this lady this promise and she wints up, she goes up, lays him on the bed of the man of God and then takes and does this. So that was really, really, truly one that I loved. And one that, um, that meant a lot to me, and I just want him to turn to that, was just Exodus, the third chapter, where Moses in the burning bush. Sometimes we just want to say within ourselves, we just want to be so anointed, we want to be so close to God. When the Lord just got me to finally realize all Moses had to do was just look down because he had already anointed the place where he was. All he had to do, that obstruction in the Bible we see was his shoes. But, I mean, we could use anything for that. All Moses had to do was just move that that was being obstructed. And then God had anointed that the place where he was. And then the one that I was in this one here we was in Sam's just walking through Sam's and I'm just I never even change the speed of my walk and I'm going by where these books is and I just glance at a title and then it's hard to believe like a week later what happened to us. But from that book, it's just where I just, I seen this book, and the, these two women wrote this book, but it's just where I just come, change the wording a little bit, and I just wrote this title, or put the title, as just Keeping Mary's Heart While Living in Martha's World. And if there's ever one thing that I could relate to so much, it's when God spoke to Mary and Martha. And Mary was just so organized and just so relaxed and sat at the feet of the Lord. And Martha, the Bible says, she was so cumbered. She was worried about the things that needed to be done, but God was in the house. And I just said, if there's, if there's one thing I can relate to, and that's Martha. And I said, you know, we just wish we could turn it off sometimes. Wish you could just walk through the doors and it just, you just have a vow. You could turn it off and come in and you could just be merry and just 
sit at the feet of the Lord and and you know, but we have to we have to work on ourselves and train ourselves. And the the Lord told Martha, said, There's many things, there's many things that trouble you, and you're anxious and you're troubled about many things. But he said, the many things, he said, but one thing, one thing. If you'll do one thing, if you'll just spend time with me. And that's why if I had a title for these few little everything that the Lord has given me, what I would call these is lessons from the closet. And that's where I've been, that's where I've been taught. It's just getting getting alone, getting time with God. And that's where God has taught me. I said, you know, you just wish you could be like Mary and just sit there and everything could be great and glorious and grand. And that's why I said, I want to keep Mary's heart. But I hate to tell you, but I live in Martha's world. And I said, you know, he told Martha, he said, Many things drive us, but if you'll take and do the one thing, then the many things that's driving you, one thing, and keep the many things at bay. The many things will not override the one thing. If you'll spend time with me, they won't nothing overcome that. And I believe that's why, that's why this so related. When I could just slow myself down long enough, Stop the many things and just get in the closet long enough and just allow God to touch me. That's why I could fully appreciate this passage. And that's why I could truly say, I want Mary's heart. Even though I live in Martha's world, I do want Mary's heart. I want to be able to come into God's house, having spent time with God and hear him when he speaks. And hear him when he talks. And, and just be able to not hear him here, but hear him here. Because I know he's going to talk. And I know he's going to do. And I know he's going to do that. And when he took in the one time that we had the, um, the, the one time that we had the fire... When it caught, I mean, that was a weird situation. I don't even know. I mean, we try to unplug everything anymore now, but I promise you. But, you know, I've told you of this, but I'm telling you now, if you can live in a place for so long, or I'll speak of me, live in a place for so long, and then all of a sudden, what security you had is just gone. I mean, you just realized. Because it happened when I was laying down, going, trying to go to sleep. And then you think, if I go to sleep, what if another fire starts, you know? And just all of a sudden, that peace is gone. You don't feel secure. And that's when it happened. And then, and you know, I've, here again, I, I, I've, I've, I think I've told you, but I'll just say this. I mean, you know me. I don't go around saying that God speaks to me all the time. I don't do that. But if I have ever in my life 
heard the impression, word of God speak to me. This is when I heard it. I'm telling you the truth because it happened earlier in the week, and this was a Saturday evening because I had just to the point of just like, God, I, I, I got to have something. I got to have something. I got to, I got to overcome this some way. And I went and I prayed, and as I was praying, this, if you'd have asked me what these verses read, I couldn't have told you. But as clear as I am speaking to you now, there was something impressed upon me, and I know it was God. Go read Proverbs 3, 24, 25, and 26. Now, I didn't know what that meant. But I went to my Bible, and I read them, and then I called Joy, and I said, get the boys, and I'm going to read this. And this is what it says. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked, when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Now at a time when I needed it so bad, I just needed the Lord to touch me and give me the peace that I needed. He did that. And I so thank him for it. I so thank him for it. Our life is truly, truly changed for the better. Like I say, we have come here, and this church, I tell, I've told my sons, I said, you know, you was born to us, but you was born to this church. This church, this church has been a mother to us. This church has been our mother. And we have been here now 33 years as a family, and our sons, all of our sons, has known the same pastor, and... So what they know of church has been learned here. And I don't take that I don't take that for granted. And I take that very serious. And just all the years and that we've come here and what we have learned and what we know. And I'm just so I just so appreciate what I know in the Lord and what I've been allowed. God has allowed me to learn and to know in Him. Because if I ever believe anything, I believe truly there is only one God. With everything that within me, period. And I believe it's the greatest love story that there ever was. That that God took on human flesh and came in the form of Jesus Christ. I believe literally when you are baptized, you marry him. You take his name. And then when you receive his spirit, you are sealed with that spirit. That is what seals you. And when you are sealed, when he comes and he commissions the four winds to gather his church, that is your hope, your calling. So I believe that with everything that was in me. Like I say, when, when we first started coming here, we didn't know none of this. We didn't know none of this. We, we didn't know she had any kind of heritage of this. We didn't know none of this. All we knew is that her mother had passed away, 
and a man had prayed for. We didn't know it was an apostolic minister that had prayed for. But we find out that through all the heartache and the pain and the hurt that come with her mother passing, that God just said, I'll protect you. And then when the enemy tried, and then when the enemy tried to do what he done, all that I know is that he can't cross that name. He can try, but he ain't crossing that name. And I am so glad that I've had that name applied to me. And I'm so thankful for what I know in that name, to have that name applied to me. And I'm so thankful for it, so thankful for what I know, the heritage that just this church has, the rich heritage it has, for the people, for just everything it has. I truly, truly appreciate it. I appreciate everyone, the kindness that you've shown to us through the years, the kindness you've shown to our sons and to me and Sister Rayleigh. I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. And through all my motorcycle stories, you may not understood them, but the one I've made spiritually is you don't dress for the ride, you dress for the crash. And there's a lot of truth in that. Whether you're hitting the dirt or whether you're walking spiritually, there is a lot of truth in that. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.